This is Anne-Marie Leake, Vice President of Communications for ePay Resources. Welcome to The Payment Space. Welcome to The Payment Space. I'm Anne-Marie Leake, Vice President of Communications for ePay Resources, and I'm very excited to have with me today Stephanie Felthaus, our Manager of Payments Education. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for having me, Anne-Marie. So we have gotten to see each other a couple of times this week, which is exciting. We don't always. We both work remotely, but we're in the same state. And I got to see you earlier this week at our fraud meeting that took place in Richmond, Virginia. That was a very interesting day, and I always enjoy participating in those when they come to town. One of the topics that we hear about from our members at our fraud meetings is identity theft, and that's the subject that we're going to talk about today. I'm sure everyone is familiar with identity theft at this point. It has been rampant for a number of years, but just at a very basic level, identity theft is what happens when someone uses your personal or financial information without your permission, specifically using it to commit some type of fraud. It can damage your credit status. It can cost you time. It can cost you money. Stephanie, we really appreciate your being willing to share your personal story about identity theft today. So I will start by asking you to tell us about the amazing coincidence of the timing of your encounter with identity theft. Sure, absolutely. Thank you. So Brent Johnson had joined ePay to present some webinars for us about cybercrime, identity theft, and that was in the later part of 2022. And I attended his presentation. And one of the things that he says that he tells everyone is to go out and put a security freeze on your social security number with all of the different credit bureaus. And when he said that, I said, oh, man, I need to do that for me and my son. Make sure nobody can try to steal our identities. Well, of course, with the hustle and bustle of a day, completely forgot. And I attended the second presentation he did with us, which was at the beginning of 2023. And again, he said it, you know, go and put that security freeze on on your social security number, your children's, your elderly parents. And I said, I've got to remember to do that this time because I forgot last time. And lo and behold, I forgot again. And so a month goes by or a little less than a month. And we're at ePay Connect in Florida in March this year. And Brett Johnson was one of our guest speakers. And again, he mentioned that you need to put that security freeze on your social security number. And so I told myself, when I get home from Florida, that is going to be the first thing that I do. So I get home, I check my mail. Of course, I've been gone for about a week. So I had a whole lot of mail in my mailbox. And I'm going through my mail and I see a letter from Bank of America, which looks to be like junk mail. But I said, hmm. Let me open this. Let me see what it is. Inside that envelope was a letter for a denial um, for a Sandals and Beach Resorts Visa signature card. That's odd because I didn't apply for any Sandals Beach Resort card. There was no number, no contact number on that letter. The only contact information there was to one of the credit bureaus to get a copy of your free credit report. And so, of course, I did what any normal person would do. And I Googled a contact number for Bank of America. So I called in and I spoke with a representative there. And of course, I was skeptical because, you know, when you Google phone numbers, a lot of times you can get 
a false number that will lead you right to a fraudster. So I was very skeptical talking to her. But after a few minutes, I was like, you know, I really think she's legitimate. I think this is a, a good contact. She knew her things. She just didn't seem, I didn't get any bad gut feelings from her. And so we were talking and I, I said, you know, I, I want to know what what based this application. You know, I don't, I have a credit card with you guys. And according to this letter, you know, it says that I have no affiliation with you. I said, so I want to know more about this application. And so she told me, you know, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll mail you a letter. You need to fill out that letter and include a p- copy of your picture ID. And I was like, mm, I don't like that. And she said, well, you know, you can fax it. You don't have to mail it because the letter asks for your social security number and all of your private information. And so again, a little skeptical, but I was like, I really want more information. So I went ahead and filled out the letter when I got it and took a copy of my picture ID and and I did put it in the mail and prayed that nothing bad would happen with that. She had told me, you know, once we've received the letter, you will get information within 30 days about the application. So just on, on the dot, 30 days later, I received the letter that included the information that was supplied for this application. And everything on the application was mine, except for the social security number and the date of birth. Wow. So it had my first middle, first name, middle name, maiden last name. It had my home address, my home telephone number, my personal email address. They had everything. The social security was different. And the date of birth is almost identical to mine. Um, it was off by, by two days. And by one year. That's interesting. So I was like, wow, I thought so too. So I was able to get that information from them. But in the meantime, in between that waiting period, waiting for the letter to fill out, waiting for the application, I took Brett's advice. And as soon as I got off with the, the phone with the Bank of America rep, I called all of the credit bureaus and placed a freeze on my social security number which is a really easy process. You know, you contact them, let them know, hey, I want to put a block on my on my account, my social security number. You're able to pick a PIN number so that in the future, if you need to release that block temporarily, you're able to do so. It's very easy. I have not had to release mine, but the reps that I spoke with did say, all you have to do is call in, Tell us how long you want that release to be. If it's 24 hours, seven days, however however long you need that, um, and you would need to, to supply that PIN number. So it's very easy to turn on and turn off. So that's what I did. The block is on my account still to this day with all three credit bureaus. But I will say with your child, that is not as easy of a process. I inquired about putting a block on my child. He is under 18. And so they want a lot of information about your child. They want their birth certificate, a copy of that. And I just, I didn't feel comfortable at that time doing it. So I did not place a block on my son's social, but I finally listened to Brett and did what he suggested because, you know, this this kind of thing can happen to anyone. And that's what's very scary is I think our mentality is it's not going to happen to me. Nobody's going to want to steal my identity, but they do. And they they absolutely will try. 
So you have to do things to protect yourself. Yes, you do. And we've been mentioning Brett Johnson. Just to remind folks, Brett was the keynote speaker at our ePay Connect conference, as you mentioned. He is a cybersecurity expert known as the original internet godfather. He was actually on the U.S. most wanted list for cybercrime. Now he's a good guy helping corporate America and helping our government understand and track down cybercrime. So he knows what he's talking about. And when Brett Johnson speaks, we should be listening. So it's good advice for all of us to at least take that basic step of locking down our social security numbers with the credit bureaus. And I understand what you mean about some of the steps in protecting yourself actually feel like they're part of the fraud process because we've been told not to share personal information. Don't give people this number. Don't give people a copy of this document. And in the back of our minds the whole time, even when we have a high degree of certainty that we're speaking with a legitimate representative of our financial institution or the credit bureau, there's always something in the back of your mind that feels like this isn't right and this is going to go south on me. I agree. Definitely is scary when, when they're asking for that personal information, your social security, a copy of your driver's license. It really makes you stop or it sh- should make you stop and think, oh gosh, you know, should I do this or should I not? But I went for it and thankfully nothing bad has happened. So, you know, I mentioned that when I received that letter, it looked like junk mail. Yeah. Typically those types of things, I just stick in the shredder. I don't, don't even open it because how many of us get junk mail from these credit card companies where they're they're making an offer you can't pass up and it's just you know just shred it but for whatever reason I stopped that day and was like let me open this typically I would not have so I think it's super important to make sure that you're looking at your mail even the, the stuff that looks like junk mail open it see what it says your statements that's another big thing to help prevent or mitigate fraud is look at your statements. A lot of us receive our statements electronically. There are, you know, very few that still receive paper statements, but you should be monitoring all of those with your financial institutions, your credit cards. You definitely need to be watching. Absolutely. I'm not very good about monitoring my statements. And I believe I've shared with you the story of I realized last year that I had been paying for two fraudulent Netflix accounts that were being automatically charged to my credit card because I thought that we had two separate accounts, one for online access to Netflix and one for DVD access. Yes, we are one of those last few people still getting the actual DVDs from Netflix. I believe they have now stopped that service, but my husband loved that. So I told myself, well, one of these charges is our online account. One of these charges is our DVD account and then created a false memory of the third charge I told myself was, well, we had purchased a gift account for my mother and that was going to our credit card as well, because that's the type of gift we might have given her from time to time for Christmas. Then had a conversation with her one day, which she mentioned not having Netflix, and I realized that I was not paying for an account for her at that time and got on the phone with Netflix as fast as I could. They were very accommodating, thank goodness, and reversed what at that point was two years worth of 
fraudulent charges. So always check your statements. And when you think you know what something is, if it seems in the least bit questionable, do your due diligence to make sure you know what that charge is. Stephanie, your role here at ePay Resources is in our education department. What resources do we have that you would recommend to help our members in the fight against fraud in general and specifically the fight against identity theft? Oh, so we have a number of resources out there that are available to our members to help give them more information about this type of stuff. You had mentioned that you and I met earlier this week at one of the fraud meetings that we held in person in Richmond, Virginia. And that is one of the resources that we offer. We have virtual sessions and we have some that are in person and we kind of do them year round. I think we have eight or nine a year. So our members can sign up to attend that virtually or in person. And that is more geared towards, you know, an open discussion. Typically, there is some type of law enforcement that will attend to talk about the fraud that they're seeing in the area specific to the area. But it's really an open forum where the group gets together and they just kind of talk about what they're seeing going on in in their world and, and things that they're doing to help mitigate or help protect their customers. So, yeah, I love going to those. The conversations are very enlightening. Those meetings are free. There's no charge to our members to attend the fraud meetings. We talked about the Brett Johnson webinars. We have an online learning platform, which we call ePayU. And so there are a number of courses out there. I think there's over 100 that are available to our members to view. And so some of the content out there is considered premium content. So there is a cost associated with it, but majority of our courses out there are free. They're already included in your membership, so you can access those free of charge. The one webinar from Brett Johnson is considered free content, and then the second webinar that we have with him is considered premium, so there is a cost associated, but I am telling you, Brett Johnson is an amazing, very knowledgeable. He was bad guy turned good guy. So he knows the whole, how the whole process works. And so the information that he shares with you is very valuable. So it is definitely worth the money uh, to listen to that. But he's a great speaker, very engaging, will keep you entertained. He is so funny as well. He's a very comical person. If you haven't checked those out, I suggest that you do visit ePayU take a listen to those, see what he has to say. I saw this morning that I was reminded we have two sessions in there on synthetic identity fraud with the Federal Reserve Bank. There's a part one and a part two. Those are also good courses. There's there's a number of courses out there, not just the Brett Johnson and those other courses are out there too. So you can find a little bit of everything in ePayU. Whatever whatever your heart desires, more than likely, it's out there. So please go out, check it out, see what you can find that could be beneficial to you. We also have an annual Financial Crime Symposium, which is another great event. Again, this is held annually, but we typically have speakers from the Federal Reserve Bank, the FBI. We have prosecutors coming in and they talk about the scams uh, within the payments industry. They talk about different things like human trafficking. It's just a wealth of information that you can receive from those financial crime symposiums to make sure that you're able to help prevent crimes and protect your customers from becoming victims. So another great opportunity there as well. 
In 2024, Financial Crime Symposium will likely be in May and will probably be presented virtually. It's still in development, but as of right now, that is the plan. I want to make sure we mention our Fraud Spotting Certificate Program. EPA Resources has partnered with Tracy Brown, a renowned body language expert, certified speaking professional, and fraud podcaster. She's actually been one of our keynote speakers. This program on fraud detection is a 21-day online certificate program where you uncover Tracy's secrets to detecting lies, fraud, and identity theft that can be happening right before your eyes, just like we've been talking about today. The 21 training videos take only about 60 minutes, so it's not a big investment of your time. When you've completed the program, you take a multiple choice exam that takes about one and a half to two hours. And if you receive a passing score of 80 or above, you are awarded the fraud spotting certificate. There is a charge associated with this program. Check it out in our online store. Search for fraud spotting certificate program. All right. Another great resource that we offer is our fraud forum community. This is a private online community for our members only where financial institutions can share insight on latest fraud schemes, and they can also collaborate sound business practices for mitigating fraud. Fraud Alerts is another resource that we have. This is a way for our members to report fraudulent cashier's checks of their financial institution that are floating around in the world. What happens is they fill out a fraud form and we provide that information to the rest of our membership to let them know to be on the lookout for these fraudulent cashier's checks that are floating around. Very popular with our members. In fact, our members have been asking, can we report other types of fraud other than just fraudulent cashier's checks? And we know there's a great deal of interest in that. We are exploring what is the best way for us to expand the fraud alert program to include other types of fraud other than just cashier check related fraud. We've mentioned a couple of our conferences, our big annual conference, ePay Connect, which is held in March of each year. We've talked about our Financial Crime Symposium Conference. I want to make sure we also mention our Executive Payment Summit, which is actually coming up pretty soon on November 14th at the Gaylord Texan Resort outside of Dallas. That program is not just for executives, but it presents executive-level content for all banking and payments professionals. We will have fraud on the agenda that day, not specific to identity theft, but specific to instant payments, which is obviously a very hot topic right now with the launch of FedNow earlier this year. That session is why instant payments does not equal instant fraud. So if you are not familiar with that conference, go to epayresources.org forward slash EPS and check it out. We hope to see you on November 14th. Stephanie, thank you so much for all this information you have shared today. Before we wrap up, I wanted to share two websites that have very important information for our members and for their customers and members. One is usa.gov slash identity theft, actually identity dash theft. And the other is simply identitytheft.gov. Both of these websites have very valuable information on the warning signs of identity theft, how to protect yourself, how to report instances of identity theft to the Federal Trade Commission, to the FBI, 
so they can be properly investigated, and then how to create a recovery plan to help yourself bounce back if you have been the victim of identity theft and keep it from happening to you again. Stephanie, is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? The only thing I have to say is if you have not put a freeze on your social security number, go out and do that today. I promise you it's an easy process and it is worth it. Please take that advice. Excellent advice. And I'm going to go do that right now. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Look forward to chatting with you again soon. Oh, yeah, we can do that. You let me know. I will. Thank you so much. <laughs>